Luigi. The Zero Hour Podcast is now in session. Guess who this is, people? It's your co-host. It's Mark Fitz. Joined by... Christine Chapman, your host. Oh, yeah. Today, we got two very special gentlemen. Please say hello, Kieran Her and Mitch Marku. Try not to talk over each other. Here, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you for doing exactly that. I appreciate that. Um, Mitch Marku and Kieran Her are friends of the podcast, and they have, my friends, an incredible story. Um, Christine. Would you like to begin? Yes, I would, because I had the pleasure of many years ago working with Kieran, and that's how we came to know each other. We also lived in the same town as Mitch and Kieran, um, Hopkinton, Massachusetts. Can we get a oh, shout I'm out sorry, for Hopkinton, oh, Mark? Uh, uh, <laughs> the hop is in the house. Let's go. Um, so I had the privilege of working with Kieran years ago when I had started a small business supporting students who were looking to come in and get a little bit of help with the college essay. And I know that after um, all of that, Kieran um, had choices to make and made the choice to go off to school at Providence College. And in the midst of being a high school student still, he had... He had started a business, and I think that is the story that Mitch and Kieran are going to tell of their zero hours. Don't you dare go too fast. I'm not going. Don't I'm you not, dare yes, I'm go too fast. Shut we up right now. No, don't shut up, but no. <laughs> we need to unpack a bit, all okay. right? So, Mitch and Kieran, tell us the story of how you met, right? You guys have known each other for a while. Let's start there. Yes. That's a tricky one, because yeah, so I don't been, know if either of us can remember when we met. Well, it's like high school that long. Right? No, no. I, I'm sure it was before that. Oh, was it? Oh, like before. grade school in Hop? Where in your, I don't know. Yeah, it must have been, must have been second or third grade, I believe, was oh. the first time that our friendship had actually started. Really? Wow. So you've been friends since you were like yeah, seven so years old. It's been a long time in the making. Wow. Yeah, very long time. And you guys were always kind of connected at the hip, right? You played with each other. Your parents are friendly. Uh, and this has kind of blossomed now into a, a professional relationship as well. Um, so what, what transpired? And I'm, and I'm kind of thinking about, I'm kind of thinking about Mitch right now. Um, you guys went on different paths, right, as individuals often do. They, they go to college. They go to other stuff. Mitch, let me start with you, sir. Um, talk to us about last year of high school, last two years of high school, and what path you took. Yeah, so the past few years, you know, I, I just got it recently out of the United States Army, which was an amazing experience. Um, okay, thank you. Decided I was going to join right out of, thank you. Yeah, I decided I was going to join my junior year of high school. Um, ended up signing my papers senior year. Was probably some of the best four years of my life so far to date. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, but it was an experience that I would never change. I would never take anything back. So definitely taught me a lot. And I mean, it totally helped us into the, 
business side of things, I know for my end at least. All right, I gotta I gotta ask questions. All right, so Mitch, like kids don't sign up anymore. It's like it's not trendy or it's not cool. Like it's work. It's hard work, right? And I know this is like the um, yeah. The, the, the fiber, right, of your business and your friendship is hard work and service. So, Mitch, like, what drove you to join the military at 18, right, in a time and age where social media is popping off and everyone's doing other stuff and being showboat? You're like, you know what? I'm going to serve my country. So what, what, was, what was that kind of thought process yeah. for you? What I really liked was, for me... Um, you know, growing up in, growing up in Hopkinton was, you know, an absolute privilege, you know, it was an amazing experience, but to be able to see a different side of life, which was really what I was looking to do. And that's exactly what the army offered me. It taught me a lot of values and leadership roles that I use today in the company between, you know, discipline, mm-hmm. respect, uh, everything. So the values that you gain through the United States military, I know for myself, obviously personally speaking, was second to none. Mm. No. Would would you recommend? We didn't really talk about this in the prep, but I'm so interested in your military career, man. And I think it's so unusual that your people are kind of self recruiting, right? That they're that that they're they're doing this. I think that's that's a rarity, and I respect it tremendously. Do you think other kids should be doing this? Like, so before before you answer that question, you know. In, in dealing, in not in dealing, in speaking with you both, there's a sense of uh, old soulness from you both, right? Like, like a maturity beyond yes, your years, yes, right? Like, For both of you, correct. You've you've lived a life, right? And you're on the, in your still in your twenties, right? Um, early twenties, early twenties, right? correct. Um, when you're going into the army. You have to have a certain sense of who you are already. Like, I'm sure in some cases, kids go into the Army to straighten out. But it sounds like you were already straightened out, right? It sounds like you already had a good head on your shoulders. So is that is that like, yeah, I kind of knew these things already about myself, and the Army has kind of fine-tuned the man I am today? Um, like, how do you answer that? Where did you find yourself yeah, in mean, the Army? Like. So, I mean, I, like I said, I absolutely loved it. It was an experience I would never trade for the world. And, and being able to experience what you experience, I mean, you see all different kinds of walks of life in the military between all your guys who grew up in the countryside to city guys to guys from different countries. So it was such an awesome group of people to work with. And the diversity and the different minds that you work with and see, I mean, I, I truly believe that the military is, you can learn a tremendous amount from about yourself, about a lot of values that will contribute to everyday life. Sure. So being able to go through the process, I mean, I, I like to think, you know, I was a straightened out kid in high school, but, you know, we all make our mistakes. So I knew, like I said, I was going to join the military at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enlisted when I was 17. I had to have my parents sign on the papers because I was still too young to sign by myself. Hmm. I knew at a very young age that the military was something that I wanted. Um, college wasn't something for me that I really wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. So I always knew at a young age I had a passion and a dream to serve serve my country. And it was honestly 
a, a massive honor, and it was something, like I said, I would never take back ever again. I would do it again if I had the option to. That's, That's great. great. That's, great, That's dude. great. Thank you. Thank you again for your service, man. We appreciate it. And, and yes, thank you for the support. And Kieran, you you took a different path as well. I mean, you you started along a path that you had to rethink, correct? And we haven't even shared what your That's business right. is yet, yeah, we by will, the way. Oh, we will. We, we will. will. Yes. Yeah, I I always thought that I was going to go do my four years of school and maybe do, you know, plus one, get an MBA. I wanted to go into finance, um, and we can kind of dive into what happened. I ended up doing some time in finance and realized very quickly that it wasn't a money management business. It's a people management business, which I guess is kind of what we do now, but it wasn't the kind of management that I wanted to do. Yep. So I... College, that with a lot of other factors was the reason that I stopped going to school. But initially, I was under the impression that I was going to school for four years, probably going to do a fifth year at Providence College because they offer a great program. Yeah. Um, a four plus one down there. And you get to work during your fifth year. So it's a really cool program. And I thought I was definitely going to go get my MBA and, you know. I'll let you guys lead the conversation. But we so, can get so, into so, what did you find? Because, because there was a zero hour that happened, right? As you transitioned into life at Providence, you were also straddling something else. And can we finally wait, tell them wait, like, what, wait, what these wait, kids do dude, for a living? It's been thirteen minutes. Chill. We got to lead up to it. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. All right. Hang on. I, I just wanted to unpack. You know, it's like my favorite word. Something for Karen. So Karen's in college, and it's friggin' COVID. And what he said to us, he's like, I'm not spending money to sit in front of a computer screen. He's like, that's a waste of time. He's like, I'd rather be out making money. Right, Karen? That's right. It was uh, full tuition to sit in a dorm room in front of a computer screen. Yeah, that's no fun. All right. Now, Christine, do you want to announce yes. the name? Can we talk about the fact, though, that Kieran Varsity Movers had already been founded, Correct. Correct. It was not incorporated, but it, the thought had been, you know, I, I had been doing it as a side thing with a couple of my buddies when we were in high school. Yes. My mother offered my services up on Facebook one day to move a couch, and a buddy and I Thanks, Mom. went out and we moved it to the curb. Yeah. Um, she kind of not forced me into it, but she offered me up. We went out. We did it. We both made like 20 bucks for five minutes of work, I think. We're like, oh, this isn't bad. And stroke of genius. The one that sat me down. Yeah. Right. She sat me down and was like, I think there's, you know, a viable business here. There's a lot of people out there that need the small stuff done that large moving companies aren't willing to handle because it takes away, you know, manpower and time from doing the large residential jobs that they're doing. So it was kind of an untapped industry. And that's how we got into it. We did that for a couple of years, we were still doing labor-only, small-scale stuff when I was at Providence College, and I have a younger brother, so I was kind of scheduling the jobs and talking to people and booking them, and my younger brother and his buddies were going out and doing the moving. That's when it switched to a business yeah. model. It, initially, when you started it was, hiring you know, other people. 20 bucks a guy. Exactly. We, we would charge 20 bucks a guy. We'd each make our 20 bucks when we were in high school, and that was it. So when I went to school was when we kind of shifted to the, okay, we need to increase our prices, we need to figure out our margins, all that stuff. So, it's funny, like, all right, so both of your moms were supportive of your 
decisions to leave college and to join the army, right? But your dads thought differently, right? Or did they? Yes. I, I know from my experience, you know, my father wasn't always, he wasn't the most pleased with uh, me wanting to join the service. Um, but it wasn't like he never supported me. Um, I think he was more, or so he was, I don't think he would ever admit it, but I think he was more nervous and scared for me to go in. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, my my father and my mother were always super supportive of me going into the military. Got it. Okay. Which was also just a great comfort to have. So Right, right. And Kieran? I was in the same boat. My mom was, my mom's a lifelong entrepreneur, so she was perfectly fine with me, you know, dropping out of school and taking this path in life. Yep. My father, on the other hand, was a, he's got old school Irish parents. He's a very traditional person. And he always said to me, just get the piece of paper. The piece of paper holds weight. Uh, whether you like it or not, it does in this day and age. So I, I had a similar experience. I mean, I think he too was kind of scared for, sure. for him. I think it was a lot of, you know, if he gets the piece of paper, he, he could still go do this, but he has something to fall back on. Correct. So I think similar to Mitch's father, he, he was scared in a sense of, you know, if I don't get a college degree and I just do this full time, if it doesn't work out, then what? Then what? Yeah. Um, whereas right. my mother had been an entrepreneur. She knew that, you know, things don't work out every once in a while and you, you, you know, change direction, find a new path and you start shift. something else. And yep. You yeah. shift and you yeah. get back up and you move forward. Yeah. And Mitch, your dad's an entrepreneur as well, right? Or he's a, he's a business yeah. person. Yes. yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you have you have a, a good foundation. Like parents are doing what parents do, which is show concern for their kids. You know, ultimately the kid is going to make the decision. But we as parents just want to make sure that you thought it all out, right? Like yes. I struggle with that with one of my kids as well. Um, I want them both to go to college, right? Uh, but they're on different paths. They both want to go to college, but one wants to do something else, and the other wants to, wants to do something different, right? So, of course. you know, it's not really a concern of mine, but my my thing is, you know, the paper holds weight, right? If it doesn't work out, you still got the paper, right? Okay. Move on from there. Yeah. So you make this leap, Kieran. You decide, okay. I'm going to leave Providence College because going to school in COVID doesn't really make sense. And I think you had mentioned in our prep call that you felt like you were doing the work that you were learning already, right? And so there seemed to be sort of an overlap of work that you already knew that you were having to learn. And was there a point in continuing to to do that? Is that true? That's right. I... I I'm a big believer that college makes sense for 99.9% of people. Uh, It it definitely wasn't for me because of those reasons. I I felt like I was doing things on my own and had been doing them for a year or so. And then I was going and sitting in an Excel class or accounting class and learning the same stuff that I had already been taking courses online in my own free time to learn and paying a fraction of the insane cost. amounts of money to do so, right? Right, right. At college, right, right. So that paired with COVID, which you know, crisis worldwide. But I think for a lot of people, and especially in business, it killed so many businesses, which is awful to see. But it also forced a lot of people to take leaps. I mean, 
the company that we use for junk removal, we work hand in hand moving in junk removal. Yeah. Same story. He wasn't in college. He was a mechanic and he got laid off and he said, what am I going to do? I got a family to support. And he went out and started a junk removal business and wow. now he loves it and he does it full time. So I think that there's, you know, there's always a positive and I mentioned this to you guys on the call, but like I try to find the positives in things. And I think that although it was a national and worldwide crisis, I think a lot of cool things did come of it. Yep. Um, I, I, I honestly don't take that the wrong way when listening to this because well, I totally hear yeah. that it was a really tough time, but it caused people to shift their mindset. It, I think everyone had to shift their mindset and some people, you know, took different routes, which forced me down that route. So I, I look back on COVID as a positive in some ways and, you know, negative in others. Obviously. Sure. Sure. Now, you two work together now, but that was not always the case because Mitch went on his journey and you went on yours, Kieran, correct? And I remember, and the reason we're kind of here is because I, I am a very happy and tremendously satisfied customer. I remember all of the work that you were doing in those early days, right, before you had a truck, uh, when we had to sort of, if we needed a truck, we had to rent a truck and drive it and, and all of that stuff. And then um, recently, you moved me over the course of a month, and I remember knowing that you had a smaller truck, but when your big yellow truck showed up on my doorstep for move number one, I remember going, wow, this is a Varsity Movers truck? Like, this is, you guys have made it. Like, this is the big time. And then I remember Mitch saying, hey, we have another one of those. And I was like, wow, when did you get from... I need to rent a U-Haul and I need to drive it for you guys to we've got like we've got we a got number vehicles. of trucks yeah. and we're busy and you'd better get your date on the calendar, Christine. Right. Talk to us about yeah, that. I, it was uh, it was I've been doing this for almost seven years and it took a long time. We do 80 percent of our business word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still. So. It, the slow grind of, you know, having work for three days and then having four days where I'm trying to find work, trying to find work and nobody's calling, nobody's sending an email, nobody's submitting a form. That was a long, slow grind. And it all has been paying off recently because now that the word is really out there. And yes, I credit that to our guys. First and foremost, they do an incredible job for people. And so people are, Uber satisfied and in turn, you know, are referring us and it's just led to a snowball of customers and we've taken every penny we've made and dumped it back into the business to continue to try to grow. So amazing. Yeah. Kieran, what, so what advice do you give for entrepreneurs that are going through that slow grind and you're alone, you're in your room, you're in your office, you're wherever, just you and your thoughts. Like, what advice do you give to that person who's got his head in his hand going, Jesus, come on. Like, do you say maintain a course? Do you say know your worth, know your why, why you're doing this? Like, how do you get through those lonely moments as an entrepreneur? Um, there's a classic, like, enjoy what you do, which I'm not a huge fan of. I- I think that if you believe in what you do, you got to grind it out. I always believed in what we did because 
you know, once a week, I would get the stellar review. Like I, I've moved 10 times in the past 10 years mm-hmm. and I've never worked with a crew amazing as you guys. And those little things mean so much and they force you to keep going because you know that you're doing something right and you're on the path to finally get somewhere eventually. Right. It's yeah. a long process and I've been, you know, facing my hands hundreds of times. I was alone. The second I went to college, that was it for me at home. I've lived on my own since then or with mm-hmm. roommates and, so I have plen- spent plenty of nights, you know, staring at the just, ceiling at three o'clock in the morning. Out. Yeah. How do I market this better? How do we get more business? And yes. It, it's hard. It really is. And it's a total mental battle. Um, I love golf. It's very similar. It's a total <laughs> mental game. And it's hard to keep going when you're getting trashed on and you're not getting business. You know, I, I equate a lot of what we do to golfing, to be quite honest, because hmm. that is, that is the hard part is to push through when you don't want to, and you're not seeing the results that you know you should be seeing. But I would say my piece of advice would be if you believe in it, keep going at some point, you know, if you're pushing, 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 and it's never turning over and you're not believing in your own product, then you got to reevaluate. Because right. if you can't believe in what you're doing wholeheartedly, you're never going to be able to convince someone else that you're trying to work for that they that should you're believe worth in you. it. Right, right. Well, we talk right. about the I suck monster, right? Yes. You know, don't let the I suck monster, like, take over, right? And yes. one other thing I wanted to add is, like, as an entrepreneur, you have to have a hell of a lot of, like, internal fortitude, right? Like, a lot, like you have to be, like, mentally strong, right? Yes. You know, in order to... Keep going. And Kieran, you said it yourself, like believe in yourself and what it is you're doing and you get through it. So I, I did want to say moving is tough, right? And we've talked about this in, in our in our previous call. Um, you are dealing with a clientele that is probably scared, stressed out beyond belief, and in most cases trying to manage uh, probably transitions on multiple levels from multiple people in a family. I would imagine that you are dealing with a clientele that is, you know, sort of the most difficult um, clientele possible if you consider the level of stress that your clients are under. How do you deal with that? Um, and how do you believe on the hardest of days? You want to take this one, Mitch? Sure. You know, when it comes to something like this, the moving industry, you see people who are in some of the most distress of their life, whether it might be family issues and they're moving out, people who have new jobs that are also moving out to a new place. So you see people in some of the most successful times of their life. And moving can be definitely a very tough industry to be in when it comes to always having to put on a happy face for your customer. But that's something that me and Kieran always preach to our guys is no matter the day you're having, you always need to put a smile on your face and and really show hospitality to the customer that you're serving. You know, it's a huge, it's a huge, that's how we believe we've grown so successful is our customer service. And Kieran always says we, to our guys, you know, we are a moving company in the hospitality industry which is something that, you know, sticks to them, I think, yes. because it really shows and makes them want to work hard. And Yeah, I I <laughs> love that, and I'm, I'm glad you said it, Mitch, because I, I had it written down. 
Uh, I have it written down as a hospitality company in the moving industry, right? Like, where did you guys learn customer service, right? Because customer service is like a dying breed. And you guys are, uh, uh, you're Gen Z, right? But uh, isn't that like... Is, uh, You're so the anomaly of Gen Z or what, uh, what people, I think, um, assume is Gen Z. I do want to say, and this is a plug for your business, but it's just like as as somebody who looks for customer service and looks for connection with whomever I work with in whatever capacity, not only have you both been amazing as managers and as business owners, um, being very respectful. Like I remember, Kieran, when you came in to, to do the to do the estimate, I was like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to pack my own stuff. And you literally like looked me straight in the eye. And, and I don't know if you do this with everybody. I, I took it as a, this is something he's doing because he knows me and he understands my business and he understands that I'm a single mom. You looked at me and you were like, Christine, you're going to be packing for over two weeks. My guys will do it in a day. Why don't you spend that time working and making money for your family? And that to me was everything like it was it was all over. And honestly, I barely did anything, as you probably know, um, having shown up on on uh, packing day. And I felt so grateful that you were that person and that voice of reason, because at the end of the day, I was able to work through most of that day and probably make more money than I would have uh, spending two plus weeks trying to pack my shit away and and get it ready for your guys to move. But more so than that, your guys were real. They were really, really personable. They were respectful. And they were just genuinely good guys. And that made the whole experience so much better um, for me as as a mom managing a move. Well, that's always awesome to hear. And that is the goal on every move. Yes. Um, I do tell most people that when I do walkthroughs, because your time is valuable. Everyone's time is valuable. And so if it's, you know, if it makes more sense to do the packing on your own and the if you, you know, work eight months of the year and you got four months off and that's when you're moving yeah. and you got the time, yeah. why not do it and save the money? Most or people don't work, have that luxury, you know, though. Yeah, that's true. Right. We've dealt with people who work from seven to three and then they got, you know, five hours, four hours in the afternoon where they can pack. So for them, it may make sense to pack and save the money, whereas a lot of people, you know, are working nine to five and then want to be able to go home and unwind and spend time with their family. And so... You know, I give that pitch to a lot of people that are doing larger moves. Yeah. It's pretty easy, you know, to pack up an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. It's a lot different when you're packing up a house. Yes. So that spiel gets given to everyone. And our guys, I mean, thank you for attesting to that. I'm a little biased, but they're amazing. I mean, we have foregone growing this business more than we have. Because as we spoke to you guys about the other day, like at this point, we're not struggling to find business. We're, we're the, the struggle is to service it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we are not going to hire anybody to come in and, and move someone's house. We, we're very careful with who we hire. We go through multiple interviews with them. They got to train for a couple weeks with our crew leaders and our crew leaders got to come back to us and say, these guys are awesome. They're good at moving, you know, one, but first and foremost, they are 
polite to clients. They're respectful of their property. They're respectful of their possessions. And that's what's most important to us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I think, uh, Karen, I'm not sure if it was you or Mitch that said it. The three most stressful moments in people's lives, right? One is moving. The other is divorce or marital change. Divorce. And what's what's the third? New job, right? Yep. And you're typically dealing with people that are... probably dealing with a combination. Correct. Right. So so you see people at their finest, you know, (laughs) at their absolutely most tolerant, right, of of everything. And, yeah, I have experienced your guys as well, and they are, they speak well, they're polite. Like, I've had people move me... And I'm just like, what on earth is like in my house touching my stuff, right? It's, it's private and it's personal. And, you know, you said it yourself, Karen, like treat it with respect, right? This is their personal belongings and act as if it's your own, right? Treat it right. Exactly. They're every, I mean, I think everyone that's moved a number of times in their life, whether it be three or and we've seen people that have moved 20, which is crazy, but um, wow. everyone's got a horror story, Yeah, well, which is so unfortunate. And Yeah, part of part of my, uh, it's, it's funny, my, one of my jokes is every time I move, like a buddy would be like, so uh, what are you going to donate to the moving gods, right? Because donating something <laughs> to the moving gods meaning something broke, right? Like a couch broke, window mirror, whatever, furniture, something broke. Nothing broke. No, it's not supposed broke. to break. It's not supposed <laughs> to break. Um, okay, so I remember a piece of very important advice, I think, Kieran, that you got just before the zero hour that led to you and Mitch becoming business partners, I think. Is that – like, I think you got a piece of That's advice. Right. From granddad, right? No, from – Well, my grandfather taught me the hospitality side yes. of things. Yes. He was a – Stand up when you meet somebody, shake their hand, look them in the eyes, treat them with respect. God damn right. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so he really instilled that in me, along with my parents, but he was a a big role model in my life. And then, yeah, when I I dropped out of college, which I I didn't even think I was dropping out of college. COVID hit, it was my spring semester. We went home for spring break, and we were told we weren't coming back. So... I finished out the spring semester and that's when they came out and said, all right, we're going to do, you know, you're going to come live in the dorm rooms, but you're going to take all your classes online, which was a total money grab in my yeah, opinion. Totally. Yeah. Cause if they had everyone on campus, they still got to charge full tuition. Yeah. Um, I said, no, I'm going to take a semester, maybe a year off. Like some people take a gap year before they go to school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just try to do this full time. And that went on for, you know, that summer, but then also the first month or two of the year. And it was, we were still doing the small labor only stuff. Like I, yep. I wasn't making any money. I was dealing with people at their quote unquote finest. And <laughs> I'm sitting there one day going, what am I doing? You know, I'm dealing with all this stuff in terms of clients. And- Adversity ripping into me yes. yeah right and and i'm not making any money to do it and so i was gonna stop i went i got my real estate license um good for you 
and that's what I was going to do, you know, at least try it. And I, I was pretty much in the place where I was like, I'll, I'll try 10 different things and whatever I like and it succeed at, that's what I'll go do. And I had a friend, colleague who I had met kind of start of the school year I was put in touch with for business advice and finance, financial advice. And he, he pretty much sat me down and had a heart to heart and was pretty hard on me and was like, what are you doing? You've spent three years growing this thing and it, it is successful. Who cares if you got to deal with the BS? Everyone deals with BS in whatever they do in some way, shape or form. Yep. And, you know, he used much more blunt words than I'm using right now, but he pretty much told me, stop being a loser, go back, reevaluate what you're doing. Find out how you can make money because there. This is an industry that's been around forever, and people are making money doing it. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we kind of sat down, went over different things, and eventually I, I got started again. And that's when we we went out and we bought the truck. I, it, in the middle of all that, I I lost my grandfather, and so mm-hmm. it, it was a tough so time. Sorry. I was kind of all over the place, and. You know, that combined with his advice is the reason that I started it up again. My grandfather loved that I did this. I mean, he thought it was so cool. It is so cool. I think, and so uh, I, think I, I didn't want to, yeah. I think everyone needs needs a mentor. Everyone needs to be called a loser, right? At some <laughs> the, point in At time, some point, right? friggin' loser. Uh, you know, no, but in, in, a, in a guiding tone. Like, everyone needs their butt kicked a little bit, right? Like... You know, we talk about the I suck monster, right? And you need someone that you respect in your life to say that you're not a loser. You just need to iron out the iron out the bumps a little bit, right? Just kind of tweak it. And that's amazing, man. And, you know, like that's advice that I want to give my kids. I mean, I'm their dad. I'm not really – I guess I am a mentor. But they take advice differently from their parents than they do from – you know, outside yeah. the outside of the family circle, as as I think that's kind of normal. So, like mentorship, right, is important and it carries you through your life. Like people we talk to, Kieran and Mitch, who have had mentors who have told them very similar stories. Mitch, uh, Kieran, that that you just shared, which is straighten up, fly right. Like there's a business to be made here. Don't give up. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which obviously weighed heavily on you because here you are today, right? And you're thriving. And in speaking about thriving, didn't you just uh, open a new location? Let's hear about that. Are you ready to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, so we are... <laughs> yeah, so why not, right? This is yeah. the best time to do yeah. it, I guess. Right on, let's so get we it! Are planning to <laughs> we are currently planning on opening our second location down in Naples, Florida on October 1st. will be hopefully the first day we get a crew out. Um, it's something that we're super excited for. We had talked about it within the past year, and we just decided with ourselves, like we did within the last two years, we've really exponentially grown the business within the last two years. Yeah. So we said, why not take the jump, and might as well, no better time than now, pretty much, to go oh, ahead yeah. and just take the risk like we did here. Yeah. Clearly, it worked out, so why not try it again? There's another zero hour right there for you guys. That's awesome. Hey, my uh, my question... Oh, yeah is um, relating back to how you and Mitch joined up, right? 
So you're in the military, he comes back, you're off doing your own thing. Uh, when he was in the military, he's still in the military. Mitch, you're in, in, until 2027, is that? No. No. No, no he's yeah. out? That's just, well, it's just that inactive ready reserve. Every U.S. soldier has to uphold at least an eight-year contract with the United States government. I see. Um, so I'm technically still in, but I do not have to put the uniform back on and look okay. called upon. Understood. So when was that moment that you two had this uh, this conversation, this talk, this, you know, hey, I'm let's doing this, let's, let's do it together. Like, what? when was that? What was that like? Can you can you kind of give us some color commentary on that? And 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 is it hard? Like I, business partnerships are never easy. It's like marriages. You guys seem to be doing okay. They're not in the same room. They're in different. <laughs> lo- they're in different locations right now. Yeah. <laughs> same building though. So not okay. All right. All right. At least you're in the no, same building, but they're definitely different locations because they probably can't stand the sight of each other. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us, no, guys. How did the, how did that union? Come together. Kieran, me and Kieran, as much as me and him have grown up together, we are pretty, which is funny to say. Kieran has a lot of strong suits in what he does, but I also have a lot of strong suits in what I do, sure. which is what makes us great. I mean, me and Kieran, he always struggled with kind of the management side of things, which my mentor, um, a guy named starting first class Michael A. Potter, who I had served with, because um, Michael Tussard in the military, was an amazing guy. He had taught me everything from what it is to be a leader, lead with honor, you know, all of it. So the experience that I had learned from him, you know, he was a lifer in the military. So he had done 20 years and pretty much been everywhere you can think of, led all kinds of different groups of guys. So being able to learn from him was just a tremendous honor, which is where I think I really came into the business here, took a hold of the management of the guys, the training, showing them what it is to provide such a great service to somebody and actually be proud of the service they provide. You know, nice. I tell my guys all the time, moving is not the best job in the world. And we, me and Kieran both know that. That's why we try to incentive our guys, incentivize our guys, you know, the best we can. Make them want to come into work. Make them want to do an amazing job for the, the client that we're working for that day, which is, I, which is I, well, I truly believe that we have become so successful is because of the, the management and the structure we try to hold our guys up to. Amazing. And, and Kieran, where do you fill the gaps that Mitch might be lacking? So Mitch is very organized. I am not. Uh, if I was manning our warehouse, it would be like a tornado went through it and nothing would ever okay. turn that tornado up. Um, he's very organized and he's also really good at dealing with the guys. And we knew going in, like he, he had that background. He was managing guys in the military. And I was like, if you, if you can do that, you can manage these guys here. I can tell you that for sure. I... I am much more on the sales side and I'm not a, I'm a unconventional salesperson. Um, I I don't believe in the, you know, hit them till they say no or they drop dead. No is the first response to yes. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) everyone's got their own thing, right? No is the start to yes, Kieran. We get warm leads. I'm not cold calling anybody. But, so I have a different, you know, I don't deal with a lot of what most people in sales deal with. 
Well, yeah, because you so are I, you are I a primarily like, referral business, so that's like that's an amazing place to be. Yeah, they're very very warm leads. I mean, people are reaching out to us because they want us to service their move. Yes, um, that's a strong suit of mine. And then you know the the business side of things, I, I've had some really great mentors that have taught me a lot about business, the way that they run at a large scale. You know, not not just a small business, which mm-hmm. we are still very small in comparison. So that those are the things that I think that I handle. I mean, I, I deal with all of the back end, boring business stuff. Um, I get to work with the insurance every week and Yay. do the accounting and all, all that stuff. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Do we? Um, I had actually had one more question. Do we want to talk about the what's next? Do we want to talk about that? Can we talk about what's next? Are you guys ready to talk about what's next? And that that other well, piece of business advice, I think, Kieran, that you had mentioned, I just found that so profound. Focus on, you know, what's in front of you. And as you as you grow, I, I don't want to give away advice badly because I, I don't remember the exact sort of verbiage around it. But we talked about, or we asked you the question that was, okay, what's next for Varsity Movers beyond beyond Naples? Like, where would you like to be, right? Is it too premature right. to talk through that? Uh, everyone can have goals and ambitions, so I don't think it's ever too premature. Okay. It, it, this is a goal of ours. Uh, I don't think we're not, we're not there yet. I can't say I don't think. We're not by any means. We've got a long way to go, but... Um, another mentor in my life and it might as you said it's a little different when it's your parent but Mitch's father is an extremely successful business owner and he I I had some stuff going on with another moving company and they were buying a company elsewhere and they wanted me to go run it so I was learning about the moving industry at a larger scale Mm -hmm. this is a you know multi eight figure company a year and Moving and storage go hand in hand, so I was learning a lot about that. Meanwhile, I'm trying to grow this business as big as I can possibly grow it. Sure. And I had a couple of cool conversations with Mitch's dad where he said, um, stop trying to grow a you know, $20, $30, 40000000 million company. Grow a million-dollar company and buy a $3 million company. You know, yeah. Cut the fat, build the company to five, buy a $10 million company. And so they call it roll-ups in the business world, and that totally shifted my mindset. Mm. It was no longer, I have to grow this massive business to become successful. In the moving industry, if you do 10% in margins, you're killing it. Mm. And so, okay. you know, if you do $5 million a year in revenue and you, you make 500 grand at the end of the day, that's like incredible. And so I was always like, oh, my God, I have to grow this thing so big to become really, really right. successful in the industry. And he totally shifted my mindset to, no, you don't. You need to grow it big enough and keep things tight enough to where you can go to a bank and get money and go buy another company. And you parlay it and into something can, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you can still have the same morals that you have because when you get that company, you know, you go in and you say, all right, we're cleaning up our act here. Here's what we do now. So it yeah. doesn't forfeit the service that we try to provide to people, um, but it makes the growth a whole heck of a lot easier. 
You guys probably represent sort of the, as Mark often says, like the 1% of kids your age who go off and do something very different in your town and take a different path. What do your peers say about the choices that you've made? And I know Mark had asked, like, are people jealous that you have an entrepreneurial reality and they might be stuck in corporate America or in banking or whatnot? What is the reality there? And what advice do you have for young go-getters of your generation as you look around and see your siblings or, you know, your peers navigate life? Like, what, what kind of advice do you have? Mitch, you want to go? Here, I feel like you got this. I was going to say, I feel like you got this answer right up your sleeve, but yeah, I'm thinking, I got it if you want. Um, no, it doesn't matter. I think you guys should both go. Um, I mean, you, you might have different advice. All right, go ahead, Kiri. You need us off then. Um, I think that, like I said earlier, college makes sense for a lot of people. I don't think many 18-year-olds really know what they're doing. I sure as heck didn't. I don't know if I can swear on here. Of course um, you can. Mark swears all the time. Like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that there's two sides to the equation college makes sense even if it's not you know you want to become a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant and you got to go to school yeah four years to grow up and learn how to interact with people i think that's huge yes um i think the flip side of the equation is that and i can't say this for everybody but at least for you know if it was my friends or my family, why not take the risk? Um, yeah. If everything were to crash and burn tomorrow and I had nothing, like my parents would take me back in. I could go live at home if I had to. I could take online classes and get a degree even if I didn't want to go back to college and be 24 in college. Well, and you're you only know? 23, right? 22. Like yeah, well... Almost I'm knocking on wood that we're not going to crash and burn in a year. Yeah, no, you won't. <laughs> and, and risk equals right. reward as well, right? Like, exactly. exactly. But, but it's, a, it's a calculated risk. It's not like, you know, you did the research, man. Like, you had mentors guide you. You started moving a couch, right? Like, oh, that was nice. All right, let's move four couches now. So, like... I think it's risky if you go into it with blinders on and don't see like the possible like you know the the possible worst case and best case scenarios, right? Like you have to be real with any business, right? You know, and yeah. and yeah. if as long as you go into it with eyes wide open, I think I think you pivot, right? And you make decisions as you go that reflect the market, right? That reflect your industry and that keep you at that 10% margin. Right. You definitely do. Uh, and the flip that kind of goes along with that is on the friend side of things, you asked if, you know, friends get jealous or not. And I think that this is a piece of advice, but also answers that question is that no, uh, our friends have seen maybe, you know, they see me play golf on a Tuesday every once in a while. And they're like, Oh, that's nice. I wish I could do that. But I think our, our friends have also seen that it is such a, Grind. Physical and mental, more so mental grind Yes, to start a business and grind through all those times where the business isn't coming in and you're just trying to grow and nobody's calling and all those things we spoke about earlier. 
they've seen all of that. Yeah. They've seen us go through some pretty rough patches and crazy stuff that you can't even imagine it happening on a job site. I mean, we, we've seen it all. So I don't think anybody is jealous of the position that we are in. I, I think that there's a big thing in the world now where everyone's like, I want to go do it on my own. But there's also a lot of benefit to working a nine to five and at five yeah. o'clock being able to shut down. Absolutely. And saying, I'm, I'm done. You know, at the end of the day, at five o'clock, six o'clock, when we leave the office, whatever else is still going on that we still have to take care of, we still have to take care of. It never stops. And so they've seen that. And I think that that's a piece of advice for anyone that wants to do it as well as take the risk, do it. But, you know, as you said, go cautiously because one, you got to know what you're doing, but two, you better be in for a long and hard journey. Well, and Before be ready to work to really hard. Reap the benefits. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and you, and you can't be faint of heart, right? You have to work hard and you have to believe in it. Mitch, did you right. have anything to add? I feel like Kieran pretty much hit it right all on the nail there. But if I was going to add anything, I mean, starting your own business, it's definitely like Kieran touched upon earlier. It's hard work, it takes a lot of discipline. It's hours that. You know, it could be 11, 12 at night. We're still on our computer trying to figure out how to grow, what we could do different. So what Kieran touched upon, you know, if you're in corporate America or working a nine to five, having that shut off is just, it can be nice. So not being able to have that sometimes, it can be a little difficult, but you always got to look to the end goal, why we work so hard, what we want to achieve at such a young age. And I think that's what really pushes me and Kieran just to keep working so hard. Honestly, because it's, it's something that, you know, when Kieran had started the business at such a young age, like you said, it was something to make a few bucks on the side here, you know, have some have some money after college and high school to go do whatever you wanted to do. But now it's more than that. Now we have full-time guys with family. So it's honestly just, I honestly take great pride in being able to service these jobs, you know, help these guys provide for their families. And I think that's also a bigger picture of it, too. That's amazing. That is amazing. Absolutely. 100%. You guys... Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I just wanted to make sure that we know the URLs, the Instagram links. It's www.varsitymoversllc.com. Correct. That is it. Instagram handle? Same thing? Varsity Movers LLC? Yep, they're all Varsity Movers LLC. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Not that we post a lot on Twitter. Threads. Threads. Threads is the new Twitter. You guys are the most amazing. That's the new wave, I guess. Yes. Listen, I, I honestly think... Well, thank you again. Thank I, you. I think that this is a start to a very long entrepreneurial like lifestyle, life choices for these two gentlemen. Like, you know, we talked about that in a prep that this, this is, is probably the first of yeah, many this is the ventures. Be- this is the beginning, man. This is this is where it starts, right? And I am super excited for your future endeavors and the stuff that you guys do. You're dude, you guys are like old souls. Like you're smart beyond your years. You see you have a vision, you have mentors, you have a head on your shoulders. Like that's already a huge leg up compared to a lot of people. So congratulations to you both. And you guys are killing it. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Guess what show this is? It's The Zero Hour. And we have VarsityMoversLLC.com, Kieran Herr, and Mitch Marcoux. 
saying goodbye for now, and we'll talk to you guys later. Have fun, y'all. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for having us.